I guess that tells you that we're not in a precious metals bull market. You know, whenever gold outperforms, you know, um, that that tells me we're not we're not in the fun zone yet. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics as we continue our coverage into the silver world. And for today's show, excited because we have David Stein of Kuya Silver checking in live from the PDAC conference up in Toronto, where there's a gathering of a lot of the miners, industry experts, and analysts and investors. So uh, nice to have David live on the scene there and give us an update of how things are looking and what people are talking about. So that said, David, a pleasure as always to have you back on the show. And how are you doing today, my friend? Uh, I'm doing great. It's uh, it's nice to have PDAC back here and uh, back in March like it's supposed to be because uh, last year they uh, rescheduled it. And, uh, you know, it's a big, big conference. Um, I'll, I'll sort of introduce it to the to all the all the listeners out there in a second. But it's a big conference and the, the attendance looks great. Um, very, very busy here. And so, uh, so that's, that's exciting. Yeah. Well, it's been a couple of years since I've been there, but had a good time. Uh, right. It was right before COVID was shutting down when I was there and certainly one of the bigger conferences out there. And as, uh, as we are recording on Monday, we have a silver price just right around $21. Uh, obviously, they have a lot of different metals and commodities they are covering over at PDAC. But curious, Jess, with the people that you've been talking with and what is the tone? How are people looking at silver? Is there still a sense of frustration that we had last year? We we did have that rally towards the end of the year. Prices come back in a little bit. But just curious from the people you're talking with, uh, what is the general tone around the silver market this year at the conference? Obviously, you know, at $21, uh, people are not like super excited about that kind of a price, but it's also better than the, you know, the lows of 2022, um, you know, quite a bit better. Uh, so, you know, kind of in a bit of a no man's land here where uh, I think a lot of people are thinking, you know, are really unsure of, you know, which way it's going to go. Um, you know, I think, you know, you and I think it should be going higher. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, that's obviously, you know, an exciting opportunity maybe for later this year. But yeah, right now it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit neutral. Could could be a, a lot better, but it's it's not so bad either, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, are people, uh, as I would imagine, to some degree still just waiting on the Fed, which ever since we started the interest rate hikes last year has really been the main focus of a lot of what's going on in the market, not just silver, but is that for the most part what you hear that it's a lot of attention on when and the Fed is going to stop hiking, how high and far they will go that people are holding off on until they know more? Yeah, I think that is the case. That is a big, big issue, Chris, is we're seeing you know, we're seeing the price of gold and silver, you know, react quite a bit, depending on what the mood is around future interest rate hikes or or not. And, uh, you know, and, and definitely, you know, we all we all focus on the U.S. dollar silver price. Um, but I think if you if you look at the silver price in some other currencies, uh, it's been doing actually quite, quite well, um, you know, because the U.S. dollar has been very strong. 
So pricing, you know, silver and gold in, in other currencies, you're getting a very, very good price, which, uh, um, you know, which to me, that's a, that's a good sign that, that the, the, the fundamentals of the sector are strong and they're strengthening. Um, and then at some point, the, the pivot will happen, the US dollar will crack, and then you'll really see silver and gold take off, in my opinion. Yeah, and it's interesting because as we've talked about quite a bit before, gold not really uh, getting hammered too badly these days, right around the 1850 mark and silver still on its lower end. Again, are you surprised that we've seen gold perform as well as it has in the current environment, even though we have silver seemingly lagging quite a bit? Well, I guess that tells you that we're not in a precious metals bull market. You know, whenever gold outperforms, you know, um, that that tells me we're not we're not in the fun zone yet. So, um, you know, gold and silver typically do move together in terms of the direction. But when, you know, when we're in a true bull market, silver will outperform gold, you know, by between 1.5 and 2 to 1 in terms of percentage move. And um, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're not seeing that right now. We're definitely since when was it? I guess May of last year, when the when the when the hikes, Fed hikes started happening, we've been in a, you know, in a bit of a mini bear market, I guess. So we're we we still seem to be in that at least in terms of sentiment. And I think the gold silver ratio is a sentiment indicator. That's how I look at it. Um, it's a sentiment indicator on the precious metals. Uh, when when people are bullish, that number is going to go way down. And, uh, you know, obviously that's great for silver and people and silver investors. Yeah, it certainly uh, will be fun to watch when that does happen. Again, not been the easiest last year or so on the silver side. David, perhaps uh, you could show us again, maybe as you walk around a little bit, some of what's going on there. Um, give people an idea of some of the booths and how that's laid out and set up. Um, and I'm curious, what kind of companies are you seeing there? Uh, obviously, a lot of the mining companies, investment companies, but what is it that you're running into and some of the people you're talking to to give people an idea at home what is going on at the conference? So I I, I wanted to start our, our call here, Chris, because I'm right I'm right in the, the sort of the border between two different, really two different events that happen at the same time. So the PDAC, why is it such a big event? Why does it have you know, 20,000 plus people coming every year. One of the reasons is because it's really two events in one. Um, it's a really big investors event called the Investors Exchange. You can see that that sign, the black and white sign up ahead. Um, and then it's also a trade show, which is the more kind of technical side for the, the geologists mainly, geologists and engineers. Um, and, uh, and so on the Investors Exchange, you're going to have you know, hundreds of companies with booze. And to answer your question, Chris, you you literally have the gamut from the biggest mining companies in the world will have booze, like Newmont, Eric, Rio Tinto, etc. And then you have everything down to, you know, tiny companies as well. You even, there's even a space for individual prospectors to go out and try and sell their properties and then, you know, have show their rocks on display that they have. Um, so there's really everything. And then on the trade show side, you've got, um, you know, companies that perform services for the mining industry, uh, like drillers. You've got governments like uh, 
uh, Australia, Canada, etc., who are trying to promote mineral exploration because it's a good money maker for a government to have people coming in and spending money in their country. Um, and then, uh, and then you also uh, have, um, you know, uh, you know, other other consulting and service companies, that kind of thing, uh, there as well. So, yeah, so that's kind of the lay of the land in terms of the the show. Uh, you can see uh, there's a lot of people here. I'm going to start walking into the um, investors exchange. Okay. And um, my, I, I had an idea to just to hit some some of the silver highlights. Um, but you, you know, you can see there's there's so many booze and 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 stuff. Um, and uh, I'll 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 show you one kind of special zone here as well in a minute, but. But first, I'm. You can see I'm. I'm. Uh, I've got the first majestic booth right, right in front of me there. We see Todd. There's uh, Todd Anthony. That's right. Actually, Keith is even here. Yeah. You see Keith there. So normally, normally uh, CEOs actually don't don't actually stand at the booth. So that's that's uh, that's very down to earth of him. Um, normally, they just have uh, their uh, you know corp dev IR people. Here and but uh, but anyway, Keith is uh, communing with the people today, so that's really cool. Um, let's go. Let's go. It's uh, another booth I'm going to go to. That's kind of a little, little different. Anyway, um, actually, the core shack is right here. So I wanted to show you the core shack. So every year. Uh, you can see the Korshak sponsored by Barrick. So in here, you know, when when uh, when mining companies drill or exploration companies, they get they get these core pieces. And uh, so this is a special section of the show where they get to show off their core, um, you know, show the minerals and alteration and all that good stuff that you're looking for here. And you got a geologist there. So. Anyway, so this is this is kind of a unique a unique thing, and uh, you know you will see poor at booze as well at, at at company booze, but this is a this is a place dedicated for this, and they change the companies here every day, so every day is a different group of companies. All right, so that's the that's the core shack, and uh, see these guys have core too, and they're not even in the core shack, so. <laughs> Certainly seems like quite a crowd they have there this year. Yeah, so this is this is the only reason why there's fewer people in this row. This is the very edge of the show. So I think these are the maybe the booths that they want to hide from people. I don't know. Um, all right, so we're we're gonna go to another booth. Hey, there's Silver Corp. So there's a silver company. They are kind of tucked in here and there in the midst of the lithium and gold companies that dominate dominate the PDAC this year. I mean, gold always dominates. About half the listed companies in uh, you know in Canada are exploring for gold, or or have uh, or are gold miners. There's BHP, one one of the biggest mining companies in the world. So see, they have a nice booth. They get extra space because they can afford it. Yeah. Um, so, and all the lithium guys look pretty right. nice right now. <laughs> they do. 
They do just until uh, just as long as they don't have to mine it. It's uh, they're in good shape. Um, all right, am I in the right row here? No, there it is. This is what I was looking for. Got the spot money booth. So we got some real bullion here. Okay. Good, good to see right. spot money there with some gold and silver. What's that? Always good to see spot spot there with Canadian dollars. U.S. Okay, one million U.S. dollars in just the gold, or including these coins. Just the gold there. Okay. All right. Isn't that cool? All right. We got we have there stuff here. Um, and you can you can buy you can buy those. So there's their prices. Um. So, actually, they're the only bullion dealer that I found. Uh, in the show this year, um, on the trade show side, there is a, like a jewelry person that's got like gems and gold jewelry and stuff, which is a little different. But you know, there's always there's always stuff like that. But it is it is mostly uh, you know mostly what you see in front of you. You know, we got palladium. We got I don't know what they do graphite. Everything. So anyway. And in terms of anywhere, the, anywhere else you want to, any, if you if you have any any uh, requests, uh, Chris, let me know. Well, I guess the one thing I wanted to ask you is, in terms of silver in particular, are you seeing new companies there? Um, because I guess along the lines, I'm wondering what the prospects of uh, new investment and new projects coming online on silver are right now. Obviously. Uh, not the easiest price environment and add that into the uh, deficit in the market that we're experiencing. Is there much activity in terms of people launching new projects or anything uh, like that that you're seeing there? There was a bit of a push in 2021 with a, with a lot of new companies that came into the market throughout that year. And then I think, you know, 2022 and beyond and, you know, and, and this year so far, I'm not, I'm not seeing, too many new companies because it, we haven't had a very good market, right? Not just the silver price, but also what's the even to be more important, to be honest, is the, the equity market, you know, is, 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 are the share prices giving, you know, the, the right valuation to these, these silver exploration and, you know, and, and development companies. Um, and if they're not, there's no reason to take them public and, you know, and, and, uh, and so we're, you know, I, I don't, I haven't seen very much in the way of new companies, recently, let's say in the last 12 to 15 months. Um, in terms of what it means for new production, um, you know, I think, I think uh, uh, you know, things are not really getting financed right now in, in you know, in terms of, in terms of production, um, new production, uh, you know, and, and if they are, it's happening very slowly, uh, much more slowly than companies would project, right? So that's why that's why production numbers always miss estimates because you know companies are tend to be too optimistic as to how quickly they can get production on, and uh, you know as as a, as a result the the supply never grows as fast as as people might think in their models or you know their in in theory. 
Yeah, that makes sense. That was actually something else I wanted to ask you about, which was how things are looking on the financing side. So appreciate what you're saying there. And in terms of production and also demand, interesting, this note came out a couple of weeks ago, but Silver Institute actually revised their deficit, which they had been projecting 194 million ounce deficit in 2022. That number is actually up to 253 million ounces which uh, already was a big number, now even a little bit bigger. And again, they are looking, forecasting a 119 million ounce deficit in 2023. Is that something that people are talking about there? Does that come up in conversations, whether with the uh, mining side or the investors? Or Obviously, uh, I look at it quite a bit, and you and people like you and I, we talk about it quite a bit, but... Is that something that many other people are thinking about? No, it, it sort of comes up in the same in the same breath as the strong industrial demand for for silver and all the applications that silver will be used in or is already being used in with uh, you know clean energy, etc. Um, and also you know the and also the monetary or investment demand for silver. So I think we we can all agree that. You know the the fundamentals for silver look really good, and then it's a matter of we we look at the price and go well why is the price only twenty one dollars right? And I think I think uh, so I think people especially people who know the industry really well are aware of that deficit, but um, you know what it means. I mean we we I think it's hard to get excited about it until you start seeing something happen in the price. I can understand that. And I wonder if that's why I wonder if we run into some sort of issue that eventually forces movement in the price. Um, again, another thing I know people have heard about, but this was from Silver Institute's latest report. Um, Australian study shows that uh, approximately 85 to 98 percent of the current global silver reserves could be consumed by solar panels by the time we hit 2050. Uh, and, you know, we won't go through the whole thing, uh, but left and right, everything we see between the green movement and electrification of things, calling for more silver. And as you and I uh, briefly discussed before we started, turns out silver can even make poultry waste less dangerous to people, chickens, and the environment. These chickens here look like they're appreciating the great virtues of silver as well. So, um I, I hear what you're saying, where it is an odd environment where the price is sitting just above cost of production, yet we see a deficit already, growing demand going forward makes you wonder how all these things shake out. And um, interesting here, there are some people talking about it there. And perhaps that's just one of those things that uh, time will sort out. And like you mentioned before, I think also with the interest rates still being hiked, it makes it a little bit harder, although it makes you wonder what happens whenever we do reach the end of the interest rate hikes and uh, especially start some cutting. So we'll be stunning to see how that looks when it all goes down. It's bad for supply, right? For, for when, uh, when people want to build new mines, um, you know, especially the mines that are really going to make an impact on supply, you're talking, you know, the bigger mines, that can produce, you know, 10, 5, 10 million ounces of silver a year. 
Um, you know, they're going to have to borrow a lot of money to do that typically. And, you know, the higher interest rates really hurt those financing uh, or they raise financing costs a lot. Uh, so that's another thing that, you know, I would imagine will, will impact supply. Well, we'll be wild to see how it shakes out going forward. Uh, again, sometimes reminds me of the dynamics we saw in the housing market leading up to 2007, 2008, where I think people were assuming things are only going to go in one direction and things like that build until they do become a problem. And we shall see if that's how things, uh, perhaps in the inverse direction, ultimately unfold in silver. Although, David, before we wrap up, perhaps you could give us an update of how things are coming along with Kuya right now. We announced a few weeks ago a toll milling agreement with one of the one of the mills in our neighborhood. And, uh, you know, we're really just setting up the, the commercial agreements that we need to uh, to look at going back into production there. Um, which we think will be a good way to de-risk the operation, uh, get you know get some, some cash flow, uh, and prepare for a bigger a bigger project down the road when we're ready to build our own mill, which by the way is fully permitted. So, so that's uh, so that's kind of what's happening at Bethania, uh, which is really good. And then you know we also uh, are drilling at our Silver Kings project in Northern Ontario. Um, so uh, so we were able to uh, get a Get, get that project going this year. Um, we didn't do much on it, on it last year, uh, but very excited. We've got some really good targets. We think we're, we're gonna find some silver and cobalt there. And uh, we're, um, as I said, we're drilling it now. And so we should have some results in the next, you know, uh, one, one and a half months or so. Well, that's certainly good to hear. I know that you've been doing a lot of work there and moving things forward. So great to see that you're continuing the drilling. Uh, one question about the toll milling, anything about the timeline that you can pass along there? I know it's something you recently announced, but any uh, any idea of a potential timeline? Uh, yeah, so um, when when we do have all of our, you know, the agreements we need in place, and I and then then I think from that point on, um, which could be in a few months. Um, you know, we the the big thing we need is we we need we need to sell our, be able to sell our concentrate to someone. Uh, so that's a you know an offtake agreement. So that's something we're looking to do in the next few months. Um, and then uh, from there, you're looking at you know kind of four to six months it will be in production. Well, congratulations. So it could be later later this year for sure. Later this year would be the the target. Um, you know exactly what month. Not not sure yet, but but it, you know it should be it should be later this year. It's very very soon. We're in a we're in a very good position that we've got something that can be done in a matter of months, not years, and that's very different. That's that's something that's very different about Kuya. Well, congratulations on that. I know you've put a lot of work into getting to that point, and now finally can see the light at the end of tunnel on getting into production. So. David, perhaps uh, before we wrap up, you could just let folks know if they have questions, would like to reach you. Uh, what is the best way to do so? Uh, the best way I'd suggest is to come to our website, www.kuyasilver.com, and uh, go to the contact tab, and uh, there's a few ways to contact us there. Um, you know, it's got our social media on there as well as you can contact us directly by email.
All right. Well, again, you can find that at kuyasilver.com. And David, appreciate you joining us live from PDAC to give people a flavor of the show and some of the things that are going on there. Again, congratulations on the progress you're making at Kuya. And we'll look forward to checking in with you again soon, hopefully with a higher silver price. But we'll just follow what happens and uh, keep digging in and making the best out of it that we can. Yeah, we're we're in a good space, Chris. It's just a matter of time, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy we could do this. This is it's always nice to do something a little different. So, uh, so this was fun. Well, I appreciate that, David. You go have fun at the show, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay, thanks, Chris. 